Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafu Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Leib Ben Emuna, and also for Haim Shaya Ben Malko Brena. Please click the subscribe button to subscribe to us on America's Top Rebbitons YouTube page, or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you're the first to know when an inspiring new episode is posted. I am so happy to have on today's show, Rebbitton Tamar Tabak. Rebbitton Tabak is the founder of the Nexus School for Transformational Torah. What began as her own personal journey and transformation has evolved into her life's work and mission. For over 20 years, she has empowered women worldwide through her profound Torah classes, opening their minds and hearts to a new, old understanding of their feminine power in today's age. By translating deep insights and teachings into a language that is relevant and accessible, Rebbitson Tabak makes sure that personal transformation is within reach to all. Supported by leading teachers and Rebbanim, she has built a close-knit community where spiritually seeking women rise together. Thank you so much for being on our show. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. And um, if it's okay, would I be able to add another name for Rafur Shalema? Please, yes. Um, there is um, a very special young girl having um, an operation today and needs our tefillot and her name is Tehila Devora Bas Shira Nachama. Should have a Rafua Shalema as Amen. a merit for our, our interview today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so did you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. So the fun starts here, right? Yes. Um, so I was born in South Africa, but I grew up in the Midwest. Oh, wow. Um, but I, I'm back in South Africa. with So I've got South African accents every which way. My parents, my husband, my kids. And somehow it's just amazing. You know, <laughs> the power, peer pressure, based out of St. Louis. Um, so thank God I had an amazing, um, base Yaakov. My parents are Bale Chuba. So it was really a gift that they, you know, trailblazed the, the way back to, um, Judaism observance. Sure. Yes. And I had a fabulous experience at base Yaakov, but I had this like niggling, well, I would say more like more like burning, <laughs> niggling is too gentle, but I just felt such a passion and a love for Torah learning and how God made me like that and um, planted me in soil that, you know, promoted that. Um, I actually spent time as a teenager um, as a bat bayit by Rabbi Akiva Tatz, who was wow. then living in Israel, mm -hmm. um, very close student of Rabbi Moshe Shapiro, who's like a legend, um, really bringing like deep, deep Torah to a parched, thirsty world. Amazing um, tshuva revolution that Rabbi Tatz really um, participated in in South Africa, specifically, but all around the world. And as a from girl, you know, growing up in Beis Yaakov, I, I just didn't understand like this enormous passion for learning. And yet the woman's role as it was being given to me was that that really wasn't the priority, that really it wasn't the woman's role to be learning Torah per se. Um, she had many other wonderful roles supporting her husband and raising her children and of course learning herself like as in Beis Yaakov. But, you know, there was something more passionate that I felt that I needed to um, reconcile with the traditional Jewish role. Um, so that's where my, my questions began. And it's been, I would say, about 30 years since I was a young, almost 30 years since I was 14 years old. And, you know, 
living, you know, having all these questions. So um, because of these questions, and because there was space and capacity in the Torah systems that I was in to sort of deal with me, um, what opened up for me over the course of the last few decades is beyond my wildest dreams of the answers, the rich, deep inner center wow. of Torah and woman and what's actually going on in this time in history. I feel like this is resonating with you, Vera, just with what you do interviewing Rebbitsons um, from sure. all around the world. Um, but it's, we just, it's, we living in a magical time and woman and woman's learning um, and woman's spirituality, you know, beyond learning per se is just so pivotal in these pre-Messianic times. So it's really um, worth having a question and sticking with it because there's gold when, you know, when you go through those. I relate to everything that you just said, like everything. I feel like you're almost telling my story. It's, I really, really feel very connected and just everything that you said resonates. And I am so excited to learn with you today because today we're going to be talking about a topic that I, I think that will touch many women at their core. We're going to be speaking about Aishat Heil, which is translated as Woman of Valor. Aishat Heil is a 22 verse poem written by King Solomon, which can be found in Proverbs 31. And it's customary for a husband to sing this poem to his wife on Friday nights before Kiddush, before the blessing of the wine. And there have been so many different interpretations of this poem. So I would really like to delve deep and uncover the truth to find out what Aishat Heil is all about. So can you please talk to us about the Aishat Heil poem, what it really means, and, and even more importantly, its significance to women? <laughs> I, I can't get over, I can't, first of all, I can't get over you. I mean, I resonate with your questions are just really hit the spot, um, but I can't get over how you wanted to talk about Eishet Chayel um, the week before Shavuot, because this is the perfect time um, to talk about Eishet Chayel and totally. I'll, I'll explain why. And of course it has so much to do with this broader discussion we're having about women in Torah. Like the Eishet Chayel is like the, Torah owed to the Jewish woman. So obviously there's going to be a lot of secrets there. Um, yeah. So how does, why is it so important to, to go into? Why is it so significant to have this conversation now the week before she wrote? Eshad Chayel, the word Chayel, which means valor, sounds awfully similar to value, doesn't it, Vera? Yes. <laughs> a woman who knows her true value. For sure. Um, but a woman of valor, valor is strength. It comes from the word chayal. Um, and I feel like there's so many stigmas or misconceptions or like um, subconscious, um, you have like a subconscious archetype about what a Jewish woman is. And for so many people, that's really unhealthy because we don't feel like we're it. We feel like we're failing, you know, we're not, making chicken soup or chocolate chip cookies all day, or, you know, like we feel like we're failing some kind of, um, and the truth couldn't be further than that because we are created by Hashem and we have such um, kaleidoscopic souls and we've got so much power inside. And once you learn the ancient high, you're like, whoa, no, this is actually a pretty cool, this is plenty of space to move around um, once you go into it. But the word chayel, which means strength. So right there, we're already like reprogramming some misconception that femininity is weak. Like, no, it's like strength, right? A woman of valor. 
but the numerical value, the gamash of the word chayal is 48. Where else do we have the number 48? Good question, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. Your listeners <laughs> are calling out the answer, I'm sure. Um, in in Mish, Mishnayot of Pirkei Avot, at the end, it concludes with the 48 ways to acquire the Torah. Powerful, okay. So that, of course, should be resonating with the 49 days mm-hmm. leading up to Shavuot. Why 48 ways? Because the, there's always another day you know, you maybe in modern language, you would call it the gestalt, like when it all, you know, it's the kolal, it's like the culminant effect of all 48 ways plus one brings you to the 50th day, which is Shavuot. Um, but what's amazing is that the Eshet Chayel poem starts out with a hint right away to Shavuos because we the first phrase is Eshet Chayel Mi Yimtza, a woman of valor who can find. So on a simple level, it's like, wow, she's so priceless. Like she's so rare. She's so such a pinnacle of spiritual achievement and takes a lot of determination and a life's work to really like unearth all of that potential um it's like this rhetorical question about why it's pearls not diamonds but um but if you go on a deeper level on a mystical level the word me numerically through gematria is a memon yod which is 40 plus 10 which is 50 which represents the 50th day is obviously shavuot um but on a deeper level we know that women are gifted with what we call in the Talmud, Bina Yasera, which means extra intuition or extra understanding. And we're taught Kabbalistically that there are 50 portals or 50 gates, Nun Shari Bina. So that number of 50 representing the day of Kabbalah Torah, Matan Torah, it's like this like, whoa, like the realm of the of the miraculous, the realm of, of total revelation, of, of complete light that we have to prepare through the journey of the 49, 49 steps or everything we do to cultivate ourselves to become an Eshet Chayel. But going back to that phrase, Eshet Chayel, a woman of valor, me, the Bina, the, um, the full expression of femininity, the final revelation and full potential, Yimtza is what brings it about. How do we bring about our own growth through tapping into this inner, we call it our crown, touching the crown of femininity. It's like this very sublime and deep inner place that we connect to. Maybe you want to call it our deep soul um, that really nurtures us and guides us, the inner mother, our inner Bina which tells us just when to be what and develop what and apply what as we go through the process. Beautiful. 
Wow. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to learn, we're going to really go, go deep into Asia's high and kind of really learn how to do this and inspire women to motivate, motivate themselves to actually go ahead and delve deeper into themselves so they can bring about their potential. So, yeah. um, I mean, Asia's high lists many professional and personal accomplishments. These accomplishments are rooted in a woman's deep faith in Hashem and her desire to do his will. These accomplishments are achieved through her daily routine, which reflects her top priorities. And the poem says she seeks out wool and flax and cheerfully does the work of her hands. She's like the trading ships bringing food from afar. She gets up while it's still night to provide food for her household and a fair share for her staff. It implies that with her priorities as her guide, the Aceous Hile balances taking care of her family with her own spiritual, emotional, intellectual and physical needs every day, which is no easy task. The poem goes on to highlight how the Aceous Hile, the woman of valor, is able to juggle multiple roles without neglecting any of them because she has the wisdom, as you mentioned, the Bina Yasera, to balance her priorities at each stage of stage of life with intelligence and sensitivity. She's able to relate to different people according to their needs. And that sounds like a truly, truly amazing woman. So my question is, realistically, how is she able to accomplish everything that she sets out to do? Because, you know, there's screaming kids. There are appliances that break at inconvenient times. The carpool that, the carpool that forgets to show up. The traffic when you least expect it. Life is so unpredictable. Is becoming an Asia's Hile a realistic goal? And if so, how does the ordinary woman go about to becoming extraordinary? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Half the answer to the question. There's so much clarity, um, you know, in your question, like the need to prioritize. And as you said before, knowing there's a, there's a potential and there's a journey, you know, making space for both of those um, simultaneously all the time, very uplifting and empowering. Um, but I think the first thing we need to say just right out of the gate is that the Asia trial is not meant to be a pressure okay it's not like a pushing like I will feel that I have value beauty um I'm living up to my potential when I'm perfect that's just um and that's why in my humble opinion why it doesn't say more precious than diamonds wow. but more precious than pearls because pearls are objectively less valuable. Why does the Torah use pninim instead of yahalomim or avanim margoliot? There's so many other ways it could have expressed that. And part of the beauty of a pearl, I mean, there's so much to a pearl. A pearl, we know it's it's created from the grit of the the friction within the oyster, like it's created through conflict. It's like the anti-fragility um, created through real life struggle is what brings out our inner resources. So it's a beautiful reframe to, you know, instead of like, oh my goodness, this screaming kid, this annoying man, whatever, you know, <laughs> this stressful schedule. Um, it's an obstacle to achieving my greatest potential and spirituality. Like that's, that's how the pearl is formed. But um, how do you know an authentic pearl is when it's got that like, like unique variety and um, like blemishes, like indentations and rough texture and it's not perfectly round and then you know it's real. Then you know it's authentic. And I think that just to have this conversation, to, to set straight that 
there's no such thing as a superwoman. There's no, you know, ordinary is extraordinary. It's because it's our pursuit for our inner essence, our pnimiyot, another play on the word um, pnimim is that it's that getting in touch with our inner essence, um, defining ourselves by our inner light and beauty um, as being like the essence of the Eishat Chayal as opposed to constantly looking to the outside world, what's in fashion, what's valued, you know, what valid, getting validation there. It's, it's really a flip on that whole energy um, of coming inside to find our power and our beauty and being able to be vulnerable and in process and forgiving on ourselves and on other women and on, you know, husbands and children. And I think it's a nice place just to start. Um, so, so that introduction, going through the Eshet Chayil, um, I used the word kaleidoscope before. It's sort of like, it doesn't, you don't have to be everything to all people at all times. That is just the way to burn out. And, and that's come, somebody who's doing that is not in touch with her intrinsic worth. She, you're already an Eshachayl, you know? Like you're already a representation of the Shechina. Like why is it that, that the Jewish people sing this Friday night, the most holy time of the week? You know, we, all of a sudden we're singing an ode that King Solomon, Shlomo HaMalach, um, composed to praise his royal mother, Bathsheba. Um, like why all of a sudden is that, just to like realize our starting point, like we're already holy and we're already good. And we're just about getting in touch with that, that inner feminine beauty that the Torah reminds us of. Um, and I actually wanted to mention before, um, and you're welcome to stop me and ask questions, or I don't know how long we have. Um, any of your listeners want to contact me, they're welcome to. Um, but, you know, you mentioned before, like, what is, what is a Shadchai? Like, what does it represent? Way at the beginning of the interview. And it has, the Torah has four levels of interpretation and application. So, the most basic is that home to the woman of that's the shot. Then there's the level beneath the secret meaning. Sorry, then that is the drush. And in that is the, the Kabbalistic meaning, the, the, the secret meaning. I'm sorry, so, the, ori- you know, the audio is cutting the out. Meaning, it's the Jewish woman. Ah, of perfect. Course, okay. The depth of it all. Mm-hmm. So what are the four levels of interpretation of the Eshet Chayel poem? The first level, pshat, that which is obvious, the, the basic 
superficial meaning, not that it's superficial, is that it was written by King Shlomo with his mother in mind and all Jewish women. And of course, the simple meaning and the secret meaning are going to come full circle. We'll get right back there. The next level is the remez, the hinted meaning. And the hint, it could be Shabbos itself. Shabbos itself is a seventh day. Bat Sheva means a daughter of seven. It could be the Shabbos queen, as you say, Boi Kala, Boi Kala. It could be the Jewish people, which we are like God's bride. We are God's Eshet Chayel. Which brings us to the third level. According to the Medrash, the song to the woman, the woman is just the mashal. She is just the analogy to the nimshal of Torah, that it's an ode to the Torah. And so the Medrash goes through each verse. What does it mean that she's up at night and up in, and giving charity? And it's all these deep on ways of praising the Torah which is the bride of the Torah scholar and where his love and passion is focused. But in our, I mean, the fact that the Torah is compared to the woman is another level of praise, that this is how Judaism holds woman in esteem. It's very, very um, thought provoking. Why is the Torah feminine? What is it that's so delicious about the feminine that we as actual women embody and represent? but that's for another discussion. <laughs> Finally, the, the fourth level, the mystical, deeper, inner secret level is that the Eshet Chayel refers to the Shekhinah, of which Jewish women embody as well. Very lofty, beautiful way of seeing ourselves. And I actually... This time, without knowing it, Farah, um, choosing this topic and scheduling me in right here, this time, two years ago, I wrote a small book, about 60 pages long, going through the entire Eshet Chayel according to these four levels of interpretation. Beautiful. And that is available for anybody who would, would like to purchase it Um you know, before Shavuot, it's actually like an ebook that you can print and study on Shavuot night if you would like to. So beautifully arranged, especially for learning on Shavuot. Beautiful. And can, can people get it on your website? Yeah. Yeah. You can get it on my website or contact me. Okay. Um, I could send you a link if you want to include that. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. I'll include it in the description of the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. But going back to your question, like practically, how do we like, you know, actually apply all of this inspiration and not, you know, like when the washing machine breaks and like we're, we've got two carpools and we didn't sleep the night before because the baby was up and, you know, we made a meal for somebody and it drops, (laughs) whatever, like all the crazinesses, you know, I I remember once I bought a cake to a neighbor many years ago when we were living in Israel. And I didn't notice it, but it was on the bottom of the stroller. And my now 18-year-old son was one at the time. And while I was talking to somebody, the cats got to this cake. And 
you know, like just, I mean, and that should be the biggest, our biggest problems, you know, like, but, but life really gets, really gets complex and demanding and confusing what's the right way and how do we deal with this person and, and how do we, you know, feel like we're honoring um, that inner Isha that we are. Um, we are, I just, I want everyone to come on this interview. You are, you know, you're allowed to, you already are. And then it's like a fine tuning and a growth process. So just to identify ourselves as that. So practically, um, how, what is Aisha? How, how does it help? So the first thing is it gives us permission to be ourselves. You're not naturally domestic, no problem. You're not naturally intellectual, no problem. This space for every woman to shine with the Aisha child that she intrinsically is, there's no cookie cutter. You know, one person might have many Shabbos guests, another person might be looking after an elderly mother or grandmother. Another person might have a special needs child. Another person might be looking for their soulmate. There's so many different ways to serve God and to glow, you know, as a, as a woman of valor. Um, so I think that it's permission over a lifetime to claim our full selves and not denying any of our talents. You're a businesswoman, awesome. You're ambitious, that's so cool. You know, you're mystical. Yay, I love that. You're not, that's totally amazing because we need, we need us all. We all create that, that collective, that kaleidoscope of Jewish power, Jewish feminine power. I, I love that. So, I really love that. I think um, allowing women, like, you know, giving ourselves permission to be our full selves, even if we're not as good as this one, as good in business as that one, or as mystical as that one, or as athletic as that one, we don't have to be like that one. We have to be like ourselves. And as you said, we're all needed. And if we were all exactly the same, we wouldn't be unique. We wouldn't be special. You know, we would be just duplicates of each other, you know, and it would be, it would, it would lead us to lose our own uniqueness, our own godliness, because Hashem put us here for a specific reason, each one of us for a specific reason. So I love that you bring, you know, that you say that Aisha's Heil just gives us permission to be us. And we're innately beautiful and special. We don't have to do anything or go anywhere or get a degree or a certificate or anything like that. We are innately beautiful, innately Aisha's Heil, just the way Hashem created us. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. So you can sort of think of it like the oyster is your life and, you know, the grit and the challenge, like that's what makes us. Yes. So, to, you know, embrace that we each have our God-given journey um, and to bring out our God-given beauty. And um, it's just a nice, a nice image that's sort of coming up for me, but I completely forgot. I can't believe it. Sarah. I completely forgot to tell you that the Medrash there's so there's many midrashim like there's so many different ways to learn torah one of the midrashim which you're gonna love is that each verse i don't know if you know this um each verse is secretly referring to a different woman in the torah that i didn't know i didn't know until i until a good friend of mine ruthie helverstadt many years ago showed me the midrash um, so in the book, we go through, like, why is Aleph referring to Sarah? You know, why is um, the third verse referring to Rebecca, to Rivka? 
why, how each one had a dominant beauty or a dominant trait um, that they excelled in. And all together, even though there's 22 verses of the Eshet Chayot, there are 19 women that are correlated to the verses because the last three all refer to Ruth the Moabite, Ruth the Moabiyah. She gets Which three. Wow. She gets three. And she's the one who were, were you know, she's, she wasn't even Jewish. She's a Gioretz. And um, it like culminates in three verses for, for Ruth. And um, she's just the woman of Shavuos, you know, she's the, the line of Mashiach, David and Malach. So, um, wow. But, but each one had, you know, some, there, was, there were some women who are widows. They're also an Eshet Chayel. You don't have to be married. Depends what the life circumstances are. Um, so it's fascinating to study how study how different each of the women were and how each one shined in their life circumstances. And they were all needed. Each and every one of them was needed. And that's, you know, highlighting people's individuality, which is so amazing and so important, so important in, in our own yeah. self-acceptance, because I find that women are so, we're so hard on ourselves. We're so critical on ourselves. Why can't I be more like her? Or why can't I be more like this? And we're always looking, you know, we, do, we don't have to look. We have to look inside, not outside. Right. So. Like my mother is an anxious child. I hope she's listening. She's such an anxious child. And I'm so different. I'm running a school. My mother is such a, devoted homemaker. She's always caring about everyone. Oh my goodness. She had us all for Pesach um, right before my brother's wedding. I, I don't know how she did it. And then I'm so different because I'm like running a school and teaching and juggling. And, you know, you, you could judge yourself if you're that way or that way or damned if you do and damned if you don't. And, you know, if you just go through it, like she's a spiritual beacon in, her, in the way that she is. Um, she's savvy in the world in the way that she is. Um, she's, she's idealistic and loving and compassionate, but she's not an idiot. She's not like, um, naive. she understands, she gets, she yes. knows she's not naive, right? You know, she's right. with it. She knows what needs to happen. She knows when it's a time for the love and a time for the boundaries. She knows how to invest in herself as the essential pivot point and power source for her whole family. Like, this is who she is. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so, wow. Well, well, um, well as, as you said, you know, women are already doing so many wonderful things to take care of their families. And so for anyone listening today who would like to look inside of themselves and up the ante to improve themselves just a little bit more in terms of their own self-growth and their own self-development as it applies to them and their strengths and their unique talents, in, they want to improve themselves in the area of becoming an Asia tile. What are some just easy, practical things that they can do? Such a great question. Um, so I chose three. I chose three things. Great. The first one, the first one is to start the day with prayer. Okay. There's different, you know, there's different phases in life and you can consult your Rebetzin or your rabbi if you have questions, like if you've got triplets and twins on the way, you know, like there's, <laughs> yeah. but um, in whatever way, and, and I'm hoping it is formal prayer, 
because the the men of the great assembly, the Anshekinesa Hagadola, that formulated Shacharit as much as we can do, um, there's nothing like that, not to take away from also speaking to God in our own words and in, from our own heart as a clo our closest friend as well. But starting with Shachrit, saving your first energy for Hashem will change your day. It, it, that's the crown you put on your day. And I was recently speaking with a friend of mine. Um, maybe I won't quote her name. I didn't ask her permission, but she was consulting also big mover and shaker out there and doing amazing things for women. And she consulted a Kabbalist. She gave me his name. Again, I don't know if I have permission, but the Kabbalist said to her that Shamayim needs a certain amount of prayers every single day to bring down Hashem's, um, like he's always involved with us, but his loving kindness and protection and presence to the world every day. And this Kabbalist who, who you know, um, said is a reliable source understood that, that there are more women's prayers that are needed on a daily basis. Wow. So specifically for women. Wow. He specifically said women's prayers. We don't realize how powerful they are. So the first thing is to pray and, you know, to really start your day with that. Um, if you maybe don't check your email until after you pray, maybe, maybe you'll, your head will just be a little bit clearer and you'll get more out of your prayer. If you really give it, give it your all. Um, so that's my first suggestion. I know it's a tall order, but very powerful. Yes. My second suggestion is practical, is to do what you're already doing with more awareness and intention. That's very powerful. You know, you're already a good wife, mother, friend, community member, but when we understand we keep sort of talking about each one of us having unique life circumstances, whether it's the elderly parent or the special needs child or, you know, whatever um, our unique circumstances are. But if we just embrace it as God's communication to us, my dear Aisha Chayel down there or in, in here, um, you're serving me by, by responding to the call of your life with your focused intention that this is how you're bringing my light to the world. Beautiful. So, you know, you're already doing it, but just that awareness that that's Avodat Hashem and Avodat Hashem comes in different packages, different stages of life and different, different people. So um, I think that's very powerful. It is for sure. Wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, just, I'm taking it in because I, you know, I do, we all do, we all do so many wonderful things every day, whether you're working outside of the home or inside the home, all your different responsibilities and just to continue to do what we're already doing, but to have such kavana, such intention, such focus on what are we doing and why we're doing it. Even when we're washing the dishes, 
it's a mundane task. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie. Washing dishes is not so much fun for me, but you're doing it to take care of your family so that they're eating off of clean plates so they, they, they don't get sick and they can be healthy so that they can go on into the world and learn and pray and grow and do and serve Hashem. So it, it seems like a menial task, but it isn't. It's filled with so much purpose. It just depends on your perspective, the way that you look at it. That's amazing. <laughs> that's exactly the point that it's, it's, that's, it's holy, right? And yes. um, it's really, thank you. Of course. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So you ready for the third one? Yes. <laughs> All right. The third one is to get in touch with the Eshet Chayel Mi Yimtza, with the 50th gate of understanding, with the 50th day, which is Shavuot. It's all about the giving of the Torah. And to understand that as a woman, we also need to learn Torah because that's what activates and awakens all of this potential is our, our understanding, our Torah understanding. So there's so much out there. There's an amazing podcast, America's Top Reverences. And, you know, there's just a plethora of, of what's available, like that, you know, each teacher resonates with with a different type of person and a different soul, um, but to make it a priority and to really feel great about that, the Eshet Chayel Miyimsa, that your Torah learning is going to um, water all of those other latent seeds um, within you, waiting to sprout. It's, I totally agree. It's so important to, to make Torah learning a priority. It doesn't have to be hours and hours that people don't realize that even if they learn maybe for 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, it could even be at the end of the day, you know, it makes such a difference in the way that you look at life. And, you know, we have so many stressors in life. So many things can go wrong and they do go wrong. You know, let's be honest. But when you learn Torah, you learn to look at those things in a completely different perspective. And it really does tend to alleviate stress and even it, it alleviates depression and anxiety because when we're living in the moment and we're just seeing the superficial, we're just seeing just what's in front of us without looking at the deeper meaning, without looking at the why, then we get really sucked down into that negativity. But if we're looking at our life and our life situations and what's happening to us from a spiritual perspective, from a Torah perspective, from a, like, there's a deeper reason as to why I'm stuck in this traffic jam other than I'm going to be late for work. You know, there's just a deeper reason to it. We grow so much as people. We really, really do. And then our growth is reflected onto others. So then we're, by being more developed, more self-developed, we can have a positive effect on others and help them in their self-growth and development. So it's very powerful. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I just have one more question because, you know, as mothers, many of us are mothers. We want to pre prepare our daughters for adulthood, for being a wife, for being a mother, and just for being a, a, a member of society. Using the Asian Heil as our guide, how can we teach our daughters to cultivate within themselves a sense of what's really important in life, how to develop strong values and worthy life goals of their own without looking to see what everybody else is doing? Okay, um, give me one second here. Just lost you for a second. Okay. okay, wow. So this is just incredible. Not only are we focusing on our own growth, but you've got such a big frame. You know, how do we bring our daughters into this? And just amazing. So um, I would say that to realize that for your daughter, you are 
that Bina. You are that crown. You are that role model. Um, so anything more than, I mean, more than what you say, of course, what we say is so valuable. But by us being in that growth process, we inspire our daughter that she also has her own unique development and with, the, with her own timeline. Um, and you don't have to be there all from the beginning and no two Israels are the same. So everything we've been saying to transmit that just in our energy, you know, by, by who we are. Um, that it's not about perfection, it's about growth and evolving. Um, and it's just really good and really joyous to grow. So I, I guess just giving our daughters a growth mindset, growth mentality, it's not about perfection, everything we've been talking about. Um, and, and also that she should understand that she's not gonna be like you, just like I'm not quite like my mother and my grandmother's so amazing, but my mother's not quite like her. Um, and of course, you know, we all have our, you know, or, or, oyster situations, which is part of life. Um, but you want to give your daughter the seeds that will blossom into a unique expression that only she can bring to the world. And that's ultimately what's going to bring you nachat. So I guess it's this balance of giving her the guidance and, and your presence, um, inspiring her but also the flexibility to find her own beauty within the Torah um, values that we, that we all stand for, but we all express it in different ways. And finally, um, just to cherry on top is the message being that we, we develop from the inside. Um, and that is really the essence of snoots. You know, daughters don't really like when mothers talk about elbows and, you know, like it's sure. like the bang, right? But going deeper into what snoot is, it's, it's getting to know ourselves on the inside and loving who we are and finding that power inside, defining us, you know, not, not looking for external validation, but it's that discovery and acceptance from the inside. So, you know, to help our daughters by living and inviting them into building a rich, joyous, deep inner life that exudes outward, in a very soft and steady kind of way. And from that place, she will then know what the priori priorities are, what's worth investing in. You know, what are the values that she wants to align with? What's worth her energy? What's worth becoming sensitive to and developing further? So it's an exciting opportunity to give over this, these Jewish, what, what, you know, that she too is an Eshet Chayel and it's a process of, of joy and discovery. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, you know, with our daughters, you're right. They're they're different than us. I know I have two daughters, and they're both very different from me. But also, that's exciting as well. And, no, and from each other as well. Exactly, exactly. And it's so beautiful because, as I mentioned earlier, we're all needed in all our unique forms. But if we embrace them, if we make it okay for them to be them, and 
you know, when we when we accept others, we make it okay for them to be them. They they feel more comfortable coming into their own skin and developing themselves, and that kind of brings out their Asia's high to the surface, and they feel accepted. And once they feel accepted, they're not fighting so much. You know, they just they're they're becoming their own people, and I think that's the beauty of it. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Robinson Tabak, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Robinsons. We very much enjoyed having you here and we learned so much. May all the learning we did today be for Rafu Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Le Benemuna, for Haim Shaya Ben Malka Brena. And I think you said for Tehila Deborah Bat Shira Nahama. Was that the name that yeah. you mentioned? Okay. Okay. Yes. yes. And thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And one more thing. Thing I'll say that the Eshet Chal book um, that you can get for Shavuot is available um, at the school, which I'll share the link with you. And also, I have an entire year program based on the Imahot, very in depth. Um, if you resonate with, like, you know, the deeper kind of Torah learning and also profound um, inner growth, you know, joined together like a transformational process, then we're starting that in Elul. So if you're interested in that, you know, reach out to me and we'll give you more information. So thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really such a pleasurable hour and I hope that it inspires many women. Amen. Amen. I'm sure I will. Thank you. Thank you so much.